And that's why, you know, scalability is important for us because we come from a setup where, you know, there was just the home page and there was no pages. And uh, no matter how good you are and how big is your domain, just one page, you don't go very far. And uh, our job was to build build a presence on the web. And um, and we see that the, like our our ability to scale is related to the, how fast we, we build we build content, we build products. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO So. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Fabrizio Ballarini. Fabrizio leads organic growth and SEO at WISE, a financial company powering money for people and businesses in their increasingly global lives to pay, to get paid, to spend in any currency, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Fabrizio's team mission at WISE is to acquire customers at zero cost by building products, platforms, and content that educate and solve customer problems. Before bootstrapping his current team at WISE, he used to consult enterprise clients across finance, e-commerce, and tech at NEO at Ogilvy, which is Ogilvy's performance marketing agency. He's passionate about search engines, obviously, online communities, startups, slightly obsessed with exchange rates. I guess it makes sense since he's working at WISE and bringing transparency to the finance industry. Fabrizio, welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me here. So, uh, even though I said quite a few things about your background, um, could you please, I, I would like people to hear from you, uh, what has brought you to uh, where you are today through this long journey, obviously? Um, a couple of things about you, and then we, we can move forward with, with a nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been at this, uh, you know, initially startup uh, called TransferWise Now Wise uh, for quite a while. Almost uh, one of the last standing members of the marketing team, <laughs> and uh, things move pretty fast. So it's, it's pretty unlikely for someone to stay six and a half years in, yeah, at such stage. Um, what brought me here initially was just um, mostly being tired of like uh, consulting for uh, like very big companies. They were not doing most of my things that we were discussing in calls and and uh, things were not moving so that's why i eventually said okay let's let me try to join 
um, like uh, you know a more uh, flexible and younger company. And at that time, I had no idea whether uh, Wise was going to be successful or not. It just looked like a good job, so that's pretty much why uh, why I joined. Uh, and then fast forward these days, we in the last few years we did a bunch of things. Um, like originally in the, in the first three three and a half years. Uh, we mostly build our SEO teams, um, or you know, uh, myself. I mostly build the SEO teams within there, um, and uh, that went from like figuring out how to a produce content. So we have now a quite quite large editorial team producing content in in all the markets where we pretty much most of the markets where we are available. Um, we have a technical product team that build uh, most of our uh, website that you can see when you're locked out. Um, it goes from tools to calculator, landing pages, as well as the other CMS that we use across the board. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the first few years uh, of uh, and my work. And then in the last, uh, you know, two, two, three years, um, you know, I'm still working in this area. And on top of it, uh, uh, we joined a bit closer uh, other teams within, within marketing. One was affiliate. Um, Mostly because we realized that the majority of the affiliates uh, that we had in our uh, in our portfolio ended up doing SEO in the same way that we were doing SEO. Um, our industry uh, lifetime value, or at least for our core product, the money transfer product, uh, or um, the you know the, the CPA in the industry is pretty low, and it's unlikely the company can successfully run ads on top. So they have to they have to acquire traffic organically, even as affiliates. Um, and that was, yeah, one of the, you know, second, first, like, changes from just doing SEO that they had throughout this period. And then uh, more recently, we joined um, with, like, other teams like CRM, uh, social media, yet everything that involves uh, creating content and, uh, and uh, you know, running anything that is free without uh, giving uh, money to ad platforms and, and stuff like that, which is something that, other colleagues do uh, my my remit stays within what uh, what you you don't pay you know okay i like that i like that uh full disclaimer we are uh, a wise customer but oh, for people <laughs> yeah of course but for people <laughs> who are not aware of wise or transfer wise could you please please share a couple of things about what wise is especially particularly for businesses let's say that you know someone from a SaaS company uh, listens to this episode should they um, be interested in, in what WISE does or, you know, should they not? Yeah, I think like um, w- without uh, repeating the, the PR approved version of uh, what, what we do and what we are, uh, generally we see a lot of uh, businesses from very small, uh, free, you know, one, one, one person business freelancer type of setup to larger enterprise. Um, what, what a product helps them to do is to uh, better navigate, uh, you know, paying and getting paid uh, across borders. This is the first use case. Uh, we have a lot of other features for businesses, uh, uh, stuff like accounting integration and other stuff that helps them then to manage the accounts. But pretty much, is an international account for businesses who do do business cross border across the world. And that's what. Uh, and then the advantage in general, like, is. Uh, mostly around the fees when it comes to the payments uh, because historically um, you know uh, most of the providers out there uh, haven't been either very transparent or very uh, cost effective of that uh, second is convenience of the service right you can have 
bank coordinates in all the in all the mar in some of the markets where we operate you can pay many other markets um, this allows you to do for instance from europe to have a, a u.s routing number so that your u.s um, client will will pay directly to that routing number as opposed to doing a domestic payment as opposed to um, having to do an international payment and then it's your choice to manage uh, currencies and accounts within your your wise account Okay, that, okay. To me, to me, in terms of like my my experience also is having a, a like a one one uh, man uh, small little gigs. Uh, that's what I use it uh, the most for. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for explaining. Now, as I was preparing for this episode, I was like, well, the first question that I I want to ask is how was the experience of changing the name from Transferwise to Wise, which I assume you know was and maybe still is huge for you. Um, but I would like to to learn specifically from an SEO standpoint. What has this experience taught you? Um, what were the big the big lessons that you got from changing such a big uh, brand name? Um, and um, yeah, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe like first disclaimer: I didn't ask for it, or at least if it was me, I, I would have thought a little bit more. But uh, but still, at some point, we realized that. Um, that uh, you know our our services have changed quite significantly for from the early days uh, and uh, and then uh, like we wanted to have like a brand name that was uh, more open to support different product services and and uh, and uh, yeah not just being related to money transfer and uh, um, when it comes to seo we it took quite a while before even pressing the button on on the domain uh, in the sense that, uh, like, we wanted to make sure that uh, we were going to be um, okay, regardless of the technicalities of switching domains. Uh, obviously, you know, like the, the worldwide is not a word that didn't exist the day uh, the day before we decided to rebrand. So there was a bunch of entities across uh, the web, uh, code-wise. Um, there was a bunch of domains that we, we necessarily didn't own uh, yet. Uh, some we still don't own them. <clears throat> code wise and then um there's also a, like quite a bit of legal implication with with companies across the world that might have had this brand name this is before you even think about okay i have to do a, a domain switch in seo so uh, yet we were involved obviously because we had to assess whether it was possible for us to do seo with with a bunch of conditions that were out there so uh, this lasted for about a year and then uh at some point someone said okay fine we do it and you know there's kind of an agreement between people and uh, and then we probably started like six months uh, or a very intense quarter of uh, uh prep and uh, phasing uh, in the sense that we decided not to have a, a big band launch but we phased uh, the switch uh we went live with two domains um one blocked by robot and one uh one the old the old one um and the reason why we did a bunch of this thing there is um there's a talk at Brighton SEO from Lucia, um, our, um, the person who lead the technical SEO within the team. And, um, and uh, there's a bunch of other talks. The reason why we were uh, quite um, like sensitive in switching and we had multiple phases was mostly because on the same domain uh, run something like a few billion a month worth of payments. So uh, there was just not the technicalities of like switching, doing redirects and, and ranking for the same keyword that we had before. 
but there was a bunch of other services that were making API calls and had to ensure that this thing was working. So the, the priority was to make sure that the customer service and payments were uh, were staying alive correctly. Um, and, but then within that, we had a bunch of checkpoints for SEO to make sure that we we were not compromising um, any of our uh, art requirements uh, in order to satisfy someone else. Uh, someone else goes. Um, I think the, the key it went well. You know, to summarize, it went well in the sense that uh, like Google understood probably within a month or two uh, that the brand changed um, without us doing pretty much. Not not much. We have, we updated all the scheme and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that that is the easiest thing. Also. You know, if you have uh, 10 million customers uh, that are Googling every day transfer-wise, it's not that the day you do a press release and you switch domain that they will say, okay, now let me Google the new world, right? So uh, these people are still, some of them are still Googling transfer-wise to date, right? Like uh, uh, one year, one year and a few months into it, right? So um, that, from that standpoint, um, like brand was probably the easiest thing uh, in terms of even knowledge panel and stuff like that. Um, also because, you know, these events are accompanied by a bunch of PR and a bunch of other, other stuff happening at the same time. Um, on, on non-brand, uh, which is pretty much what our teams is, is judged upon, we don't reward the SEO team uh, for brand traffic advice. The reason why is that uh, uh, today, 60-70% of our growth comes from word of mouth, people telling their friend about it. And, and when they do, they Google wise. So you can't take credit for someone telling their friend to Google wise in the SEO team. Uh, so like what we judged ourselves upon, which is non-brand traffic. Um, yeah, obviously there have been few, uh, few error of the website that were hit a little bit more than other, uh, but it was never more than, I don't know, 10, 20%. Um, and was pretty much everything, uh, within a year recovered. So, um, the other bit is, the way our traffic composition is very um, hard to judge from the outside because we have million of visits, we have product and tools and calculator directories that drive million of visits, but they this is just because they're built on a lot of long tail. Uh, but then within those million of visits, there are only few visits that matter uh, in terms of financial and revenue. So the the actual impact of on traffic has been okay, uh, but there was some impact, the actual impact on on our performance in terms of like a team and uh, and growth didn't change a lot uh, because the the core staff was was pretty much fine. We didn't have a lot of impact there. So yeah, overall it went well. Uh, we were super strict in the sense that we didn't uh, we didn't the people uh, and within the you know the core group uh, shipping uh, uh, the switch we had always uh, like uh, our, our lead in there and all our developers in there within the SEO team we have we have um, we have a set of developers embedded within the team that are also working on specific stuff uh, things like auto replacing uh, the word transfer wise with wise on the blog or uh, changing some some art coded stuff that we had maybe somewhere else and uh, so yeah like overall was okay um and uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep doing it. But uh, I, at the end of it, uh, I realized that it's possible to do it without uh, a gigantic mess. <laughs> and but then it requires a lot of uh, being strict. We had few situations where we had to, where we had to roll back or we had to veto changes that were happening, uh, just because uh, 
um, just because we thought that they were too risky for us. And so we had to stop other teams in the company releasing because of it. Uh, but then that was okay. Probably the hardest part, if I have to, not the hardest part, but the part that was more um, like, uh, you know, bizarre for us is like before we decided to do a clean, TransferWise is now wise. Every, every path after stays the same. Um, those people, you know, doing the usual, what if we do transfer dot wise? What if we do uh, wise slash transfer? And then we redirect the, just the homepage to that folder. I'm like, like all this kind of uh, uh, assumption. And often they come from uh, a product manager who look at the Gmail or they look at the Google Drive and they say, oh, look at this Gmail is on a subdomain. And uh, it must be fine. And I'm like, yes, but we're not Google, right? <laughs> we are a relatively big domain, and we're probably gonna, get, you know, get, survive at the end of it. But we're not Google, so we can't afford to uh, pick whatever path we want just because it reads well, or just because you know, if we move the uh, a domain that it took us like five, six years to build to a subdomain, I wouldn't necessarily wish it to, <laughs> to many people, right? Or if we start breaking down, because also on wise.com you have. You have our consumer products, you have our business product, you have all, um, all the languages, right? So if you start breaking down section of the website into subdomains, it's a pretty much a recipe for, for disaster. So we tried to be very, very clean in terms of what was transferwise, became wise, exactly the same website. No, and, and I think that's why most of the people end up uh, getting it wrong because they try to cook a redesign within it and then they try to Oh, in the meantime, we move this to to section of the website to this other place. Yeah. In the meantime, we redo this. In the meantime, we redo that, and uh, yeah. we try to make sure that we could easily retro on what changed, uh, as opposed to changing fifty things at the same time. And then you're like, okay. Then then maybe in the meantime, there's like an update, and then you're like, okay, now you just throw it and say, oh fuck it, now, <laughs> now we now we just we just yeah, work on, on next year. There's no point of trying to fix the the path, right? And, because you add layers of complexity, I, I get that, and I, I I like your approach, and I agree, and I think that overall, uh, judging from the performance of the website, which obviously you know uh, better than anyone else. Uh, from the outside, as an outsider, I would say that the, the, the brand name change was wise. So uh, you did a good job overall. And um, uh, from an SEO standpoint as well, I mean, uh, maybe there have been some losses here and there, but uh, overall, I would say that it's a very successful case, a very successful case indeed. Um, now, as I see it, and you mentioned it uh, earlier, uh, WISE is a product with a low uh, lifetime value, LTV, uh, meaning that you need high volumes for uh, acquisition in order to you know, uh, get revenue. Um, how do you manage to do that? Is it through these calculators, through this kind of product-led uh, SEO approach? Um, how do you manage to get high volumes? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the subject that we have uh, low, low LTV is really relative, to be honest, right? Is, um, you know, if you compare, obviously, money transfer to uh, mortgages and loan, definitely, right? Like, uh, uh, like if, you are, if I am tomorrow, I build an affiliate website, if I'm a money saving expert, compare the market, and have to judge the revenue of these two categories, definitely, right? Like, you could consider money transfer low LTV. Then within, within money transfer, there are pocket of users and like different behaviors, right? There is the person who sent uh, 10 euros to their friend. There is the business who 
uh, trades uh, like million of of, uh, of pound and euro every every month. So um, we have very very different sets of user. Um, the the biggest challenge I don't think is the LTV, um, especially in especially these days where our product isn't just money transfer. Um, I think the biggest challenge is that at least with regards to money transfer, um, there is no transactional demand that is very very big, um, and it's not not a matter of like the economics of the product. Uh, but it's more around the fact that um, if you've never been told by your bank or you know by your money transfer provider that this thing costs something, you know, if everyone tells you that it's free and zero commission, you know, you know, you are from uh, when you go on holiday, you always see this zero commission exchange, right? And all these kind of things. Um, if you've never been told, you don't shop around. Um, like uh, the reason why we switch electricity bill is because uh, every month we get the bill and we're like, oh, wow, it's too high, let me switch, right? Uh, the reason why you you search for a mortgage uh, like or, or like a credit card on a, on a price comparison website is mostly because you, you are aware of the fact that there is a price attached to it, right? Uh, with regards to money transfer, most of the people, and that's why you know, most of our job is to try to educate customers, and if most of the people don't know that they're being charged, they don't know how to calculate really well how they're being charged, and therefore, they don't search. Um, if tomorrow you have to rebuild booking.com, people know how to Google for a test. There is a ton of search volume for that. Uh, and like you don't have to think too much. That's why eventually Google ends up tapping into these spaces, right? Uh, but the reason why we are we are safe that Google is not going to build a money transfer product because people don't know uh, that they need, to, they need to search for it. We still run PPC and transactional keywords. Uh, we still have uh, transactional landing pages. Uh, but majority of our customers, um, or majority of the people that do money transfer, uh, don't initiate this with uh, with uh, like like with a transactional shopping query, right? You know, um, with best money transfer provider or like uh, money, online money transfer. This classic keyword that you would expect, and that's why we have to go very very broad in trying to capture people across all sorts of intents uh, that they have uh, from. From when they calculate the rate, from when they think to relocate to another country, it doesn't matter, right? We we are pretty much open to everything, um, and obviously this adds also the the subject of the user economics because uh, the day you figure out how to scale traffic uh, more, uh, the cheaper it gets at scale to acquire that traffic. Uh, but then the traffic that is very um, is very cheap and very you know scalable and long tail is also low converting compared to the uh, to the high transactional traffic, so um, it's not necessarily a play for the sake of the of the of the LTV of the user. It's mostly a play to find the user. Uh, then it kind of helps, but uh, but um, yeah, they they they're not necessarily constrained by each other. At this point in time, um, the SEO team is uh, the you know without without being arrogant, we know this within within the business, and we are. Uh, we are we are aware of it uh, is the best investment that we had and uh, the the channel that payback investment the fastest. Um, the blocker of growth is mostly building building stuff and people. Right? We uh, we come and that's why you know scalability is important for us because we come from a setup where you know there was just the home page and there was no pages and uh, no matter how good you are and how big is your domain, just one page you don't go very far and. Uh, our job was to build build a presence on the web, and um, and we see that the, like our our ability to scale is related to the, how fast we we build we build content, we build products, uh, 
Um, the only thing that we don't do within the SEO team is link building to date. Uh, trust me, we have plenty of arguments on whether we should do it or whether where we should do it, how we should do it. Uh, it's not that uh, people in our teams don't are not aware about it. Uh, we just still don't do it to date. Um, the early days was simply coming from the fact that uh, we didn't need to uh, because we, you know, whether you, you know, how do you rank with a page and with the links? Uh, we had a ton of links, but we had no pages. So we said, okay, let's start building a lot of pages. And, uh, and, uh, Today, it where um, me, I'm still in the mood of let's build more pages because I want a, a gigantic website. Uh, there are some people who are like, yeah, but what if we have a bit more links here and there? And so uh, we have this discussion. Um, uh, today, we haven't quite uh, formalized any stream of work around this. Um, again, because also the people that we have in the business to date uh, are people who are relatively technical or people who are relatively focused on content creation as opposed to just to 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 the aspect of uh, of acquiring things um but yeah that's uh, that's how that's how it went so far maybe we change but uh, let's see who knows um i have some ideas about link building uh, by the way we have seen it uh, work for for our own website and for many clients uh, obviously um it's a, I guess it's a, obviously it's, it's a debate, uh, but I would say that uh, link building in general uh, can work uh, well uh, in, 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 in several cases, not in all cases, but in several cases it can work well. Now, one thing that I'd like to know is how do you evaluate uh, initiatives within uh, WISE? Meaning that you have an idea about uh, a new section uh, on, on the website. How will you evaluate whether this is something that it is worth investing time and resources into or you know what let's let's leave it for now it doesn't worth it mm -hmm. yeah um <clears throat> there are roughly roughly two approaches to that um mostly because we have roughly two type of content uh, we have editorial and unstructured content and we have structured content which is those calculator landing pages and stuff that is being uh a little bit with developer, a little bit within a CMS, but it tend to be a more uh, templated uh, structure content. For the editorial content, um, there's no particular structure around that in the sense that each person dedicated to a market or a product uh, writing content um, every month uh, dedicate X amount of time on researching as well as writing and producing stuff that is for discovery as opposed to uh, topics that we know that work so each month we try to allocate x amount of resources to a topic that we didn't cover before uh, we try to explore obviously what's possible within there we have a like a sense on what the um the the ltv and the payback of the topic could be based on similar topic that we have written we had a bunch of data this date that obviously we didn't have before um <clears throat> we know we look at stuff like what was the opportunity in terms of volume and, and things like that. Uh, but there is uh, um, the, yeah, the approach on, on testing or evaluating is as easy as trying to do a little bit of that content and see uh, how it does. Also because, you know, by the time you produce an article to the time that this article get indexed, start driving traffic and then eventually drive user and then you can evaluate the value of those users. It takes a little bit. So um, the early days of this editorial operation, uh, we are literally carpet bombing topics without, uh, uh, you know, we, we had an idea of what to do and eventually some of the stuff proven to be sensible. It's not that we were going in the dark, uh, but uh, we, we, we didn't have such confidence as much now, mostly because of the data. Right now, 
if you tell me a topic uh, that we kind of have written before, I can already estimate, you know, how how much revenue we're going to generate out of this each article type of thing, or at least at least the kind of uh, like guess that we try to do. Uh, but in the in the past we didn't. So this is for the historical content. Then we have another part of the team uh, who works on like uh, products, landing pages, calculators. Um, some of it can be done roughly similar uh, through a landing page CMS that we have built, and we have built a bunch of features in there. Uh, there's a talk that I did like a few years ago about how we build some of the features within that CMS using APIs and things like that, uh, where we can you know build a template in a CMS and then with a couple of apps scale it a little bit just to see uh, how it will look like. Um, but then at some point, if you really want to be serious about like like a set of pages or landing pages or product, uh, you need to you know you need to scope it a bit better. You need to work with developers to build in. So that's where we yet have roughly the same approach sometimes in evaluating opportunities, but then in other instances, you either go lean or not, right? You cannot have, uh, I don't know, um, like uh, an example could be uh, booking.com with half of the city in the world, you know, that you cannot book an hotel, right? Like, or in a, in a country, you have booking.com in Germany, but you don't have Berlin, right? So you either go lean and building it or you don't. and. Uh, and that's where again we you know we look at similar product or similar intents what the conversion looks like um we obviously try to phase the development of it um so the first version of that maybe is the same set of pages but with a significantly less fancy calculator on it or less investment on some of these aspects because to some extent uh, google is looking at the intent of the page is looking at what it does, but if you have a block of JavaScript that does X, Y, Z, uh, they're not at the level where they can often, you know, uh, quantify the quality of it. So you could have exactly the same page, but with a calculator that doesn't do a good job and still can rank. So uh, sometimes we do that, but then knowing that at some point in time, we have to go back and, uh, and build a calculator or build an applet that is actually useful for user, uh, because otherwise, it's going to rank for a little bit, but then it's not going to fly forever, right? If it doesn't do what it's meant to do. Uh, that's, that's approaches that we have. But yeah, in that case, it's a bit more uh, complex in the sense that we, it's a bit harder to bet. Uh, also because engineering time is not unlimited. We have, we have engineers dedicated to the team, uh, somehow in marketing, but, um, yeah, but I've never been in a position where I have engineers that we don't know what to do. <laughs> And so it's often the case where we have to choose a bit what to do. It's already a relatively uh, privileged position because most of the people that I speak to in-house, they, they have to convince someone else uh, that this is a good idea and they have to convince someone else engineering team uh, that they should do something related to SEO as opposed to us that we, uh, we, we literally have these engineers kind of in the team. Uh, but then at the same time, we end up owning end-to-end -end, uh, most of these uh, locked out pages. So um, there's not a product team or someone else that is owning the web experience, but is us. So eventually we need, we need engineers to build them, right? So uh, that's that's how it works. But yeah, these are roughly the two way. From from experience, um, there have been periods where we, <clears throat> where we decide not to bet too much on new stuff. Um, and... Uh, and in the short term, they help because obviously we can focus on on improving section of the website that we know that uh, are performing well, and we know already what could be the effort 
the return of working there. Uh, but then on the long run, the, every period that we don't do discovery of new, of new intents, uh, then we feel it in a year time. So, you know, if this quarter, uh, we don't do any bet, uh, in one year time, I know that there will be a, uh, a dry quarter in terms of like what chunky stuff to build, right? And, uh, and this has happened, you know, it's fine. Uh, I, I, I would love to fix it, but we haven't quite quite figure it out uh, how to go how to go around it yeah. I would like to record this specific part and just you know share it with new prospects that we have and uh, our clients as well uh, because it's it's exactly right what you just described like SEO takes some time even for a website like wise so if you don't do anything this quarter how can you expect to to have to see the the outcome of uh, a new in initiative or effort, you know, the next quarter or the quarter after that. So I think that uh, it makes sense. And I, I, I like the, the way you, you broke down everything around how you evaluate new initiatives. Now, one thing that fascinates me about uh, Wise's organic search performance is that your website is translated slash localized. I don't know which term you, you use internally uh, for several countries in several languages. I guess these are the markets that you operate. Um, can you please walk us through the process of localizing a page and how do you know whether this is something that we should localize or not? It doesn't have search volume or I don't know, how, how do you make these decisions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, serving the right language to, to user is um, hardly a wrong choice, right? Uh, and, uh, and actually is also very cheap compared to figuring out how to Sort of different intents that you you haven't worked out how to produce content before. Um, <clears throat> we don't we don't just translate everything. There is again part of the website uh, that are written for the language uh, in you know from from the beginning, researched in the language, written in the language. So all our editorial content at the early days a little bit, but we abandoned this pretty immediately. So all our editorial content is done by. Uh, like um, native people in the right languages from the beginning, so we don't localize it or translate it. Um, the other type of uh, tools, calculator landing pages, um, they're often done in English and then localized uh, to some languages. Uh, we have an in-house uh, translation team um, under our teams. Uh, originally, it was just some people from customer support because obviously they were speaking the language of our customer that were helping out, and then with time, we officialized that. And, um, and, uh, in that case, there is a bit less, uh, you know, making it for the country, but it's more working against localizing templates. We work, we have crowding strings in the sense that if tomorrow you want to launch a new language, you just uh, do a config change to enable that folder for that product. And then the translator get a bunch of strings in crowding. Once they do them magically, the strings get uploaded on the website type of thing. Um, and we worked on building a bit this tech setup, but then it's pretty smooth and it, it works relatively well. There are cases uh, where um, this approach obviously doesn't fly. Um, you know, um, an example probably being Japan or you know, some markets where taking the English and localizing it doesn't necessarily work, even though the page itself is like maybe a line, a headline and, 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 and a calculator type of thing that is very, there's not much content in the page itself, and it's fine. That's what the, the intent of the page is like, but it just in that market maybe doesn't work. Uh, so with time, we are accommodating a bit the fact that some market might get 
a bit more custom um, um, like type of uh, products and uh, and experiences as opposed to other but roughly a majority of it comes from English um, you know in in the most sense we and then last to answer your last last question in terms of like we localize to most of the markets where we are um, actually we even produce content for places where we're not um, and the reason why is uh, mostly two um, one um, at some point we're gonna get there and uh, so before we listen when we started in in UK only and then we expanded to all the other markets in Europe I was literally and people in the team were literally playing catch-up you know we were launching a new market and then they were like where are the pages or why are we not ranking there i'm like yes but i haven't i haven't been the pages right <laughs> not, we haven't we haven't translated it yet so originally we were in this in this catch-up mode and then at some point we got even faster than the product team so now we are at the stage where we already know that maybe something is coming in in a quarter to a year two time and we still build the page now because the day that you know the product manager decide to launch the market uh, then we don't want to hear, you know, where, why are we not ranking? We're already ranking, but, you know, we probably have a wish list. We probably have, uh, uh, have uh, some kind of fallback mechanism to say, hey, you know, this is the page for a product that is not here, right? And, uh, and so this is one. The second is uh, we have realized that uh, our, our audience is pretty international. And sometimes, um, you know, this was happening also because in some situation we were turning on and off some markets. Um, Sometimes the regulatory environment change and you have to switch off the product and things like that. And uh, in that case, we were saying, okay, you know, but are we going to delete the pages? We are, we are ranking, we are ranking pretty well. Like, why, why am I going to delete the pages? And because our audience is pretty international, <clears throat> it happens sometimes that we acquire customers in markets where we're not uh, technically uh, serving the customer. Why? Because people that are have got their address country and they are resident of other of other markets end up you know being there as an expert or end up uh, uh, spending a, a period of their life there or like just just an holiday or for multiple reasons so um, there's a couple of markets where we yet or we never never ever launched product yet we are acquiring customers right now so um, I, I'm pretty pro on this because the day you go into serving different languages for intents that you have validated and you kind of have a product, it's unlikely that it's not going to work. Right? If somebody's searching for something in Italian as opposed to English, if they want that thing, is, is you know, maybe in Italy you have slightly lower conversion rate, maybe as opposed to, to UK, maybe the product would be a little bit different, but it's unlikely that people will not need it, right? Like, uh, unless there is a completely different meaning of that intent. It, there's a good chance that you solve in the same intent in just just another language and obviously with, with a relatively localized page that is relevant to that market um it's unlikely that it's not going to work as opposed to you having to figure out you know i go into into this new market let me invent something new uh and that's where um you know you might get it right but also you might you might get it wrong uh as opposed to replicating what you're doing um it's relatively straightforward most of the startup i, I think that uh, that do like us that they start with one market or two and then they expand internationally like we did <clears throat> i think that you know internationalization is the easiest way to grow uh, because you just replay um the same playbook that you have been doing and this is not just seo you do the same on, on facebook ads you do the same on on google ads and things like that the only difference that uh, 
that is the day you start getting closer to China, uh, where uh, you know the Google that you know is not the same, uh, Facebook the ads that cannot be turned on, and things like that. And that's where probably you know your effort to you know to like grow uh, internationally outside uh, the the you know the the market where you are becomes harder. Not because of the market itself, yes, maybe a little bit, but also because of the platforms, right? You you encounter a new set of platforms as opposed to, you know, if you need to do the same stuff that we've been doing on Google, just enabling another, another folder on the website, that's, that's pretty straightforward, right? There's not, uh, yeah. it takes work, but it's not, it's not an incognito, right? Like uh, it's something that we, we know. So many great insights there. Uh, I don't know. I have so many other questions that I'd like to ask, but unfortunately we run out of time. Um, I have, I, I will ask us a couple of two before we uh, bring this to a close. Um, at such a big scale, I guess that you have so much information on the website in different languages, targeting different markets and so on. Do you care, obviously you care, but do you care at all about the accuracy of this information, making sure that uh, we, we audit things so that they are up to date and uh, fresh and so on? And do you have like as part of your routines or processes, uh, content audits or you know audits in general uh, both on the technical side and the uh, content side as well mm -hmm. yeah um yeah obviously we are we are a financial institution and we are regulated in a bunch of countries with uh, uh, with different uh, authorities and uh, there's the, the probably two obligation one is uh, to regulators right to not uh, to not say something that is uh, is against what the regulators uh, um, believe is correct and uh, you know there's part of the process around this um, and also in the way that we make uh, claims and the way that we present uh, price comparison data and things like that um, then the other aspect is uh, is more related to SEO and user experience of the customers um, is the fact that you know uh, if I'm reading an article or if I'm in a page that the information is outdated or or is not that relevant anymore um, I don't get much value as a customer um, so there are like probably two processes. One is to ensure that we are compliant uh, across the various jurisdictions that we are. Um, the other is to make sure that uh, the content is up to date as well as is still ranking. Right. So if we have a, I don't know a guide on how to relocate to a country in, that is six years old, it might be that uh, uh, the visa requirement for people have changed, right? And therefore we need to update it. And uh, so there is like. Um, there's like a content content aspect related to that so that there's some people that need to take time to figure out what's changing and there are processes to probably go back to old stuff uh, and as well as probably technicalities around that because you know sometimes google um doesn't get the grasp of like whether the local authority law have changed but you need to um still update the content somehow so that the google perceive that this is fresh right and uh, we don't do it for the sake of Google. We often do it because there is enough things changing um, that grant you to having to change the article. So uh, we don't do any trick to get to make sure that Google feel that it's more fresh than it used to be. Uh, we often tend to update the content because the content needs updating. And trust me, the day you produce thousands and thousands of blog posts every month, every quarter, uh, and then you fast forward a few years, you end up with a pile of content that is uh, to be updated, right? Uh, we didn't feel this for a while, so our, our editorial team was just producing new content on and on and on for the first three years. 
And uh, so we didn't we didn't resource time and people to actually update the content that we had because we only produce evergreen content. We don't do a lot of seasonal content. We don't do fresh content like news type of stuff. We only do something that you could be searching in, in a few years time. So the first two, three years of producing it, it went really fine. And so we say, okay, you know, perfect, right? But then we obviously were a bit naive of the fact that in five years time, that content definitely needed, needed some rework. And uh, so a couple of years ago, we started to realize that content that we made in 2016, uh, 17 was starting to not do as well as it used to be. Uh, and then realized that within the editorial team, we needed to allocate from the same people, but we need to allocate X amount of time to uh, refresh content as well as produce a new one. The, we obviously set up to produce new content. That's what we try to strive on. Uh, yet we don't, yeah, we, we realized that we don't need to forget about uh, the old one that was working and was driving customers. <laughs> Otherwise, the, you know, you, you gain a little bit from the new one, but then you lose from the old one and then you are know, back to back to the beginning in terms of overall uh, growth numbers. So yeah, that's uh, definitely happening. I, I like that. Uh, so last question that I have for you, uh, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Um, you are in this industry for quite a while now. I don't know how close you are specifically to, you know, software, uh, content marketing or SEO, uh, anything around, around that. But I would like to hear your opinion on what do you think or feel or expect the future holds for uh, SaaS companies when it comes to uh, SEO and organic growth in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like um, regard regardless of, um, I mean, what, what I'm mostly close and in the past few years I've been spending time with, with, uh, with startups similar to us as well uh, just to get my end my head around slightly different problem than waking up every morning to to think about uh, about what we do um i think that there's probably different element one is uh, the stage at which the company is on uh, and the investment that goes with it in seo um then there are waves of uh, you know people looking for uh actual profitability as opposed to just dreams and uh, we are definitely in one of them right now uh, so like a few years ago where we were investing heavily in 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 like uh, low cost growth uh, as opposed to turn on a million of uh, unprofitable ads uh, probably some people were not not thinking that we were super smart or at least they were like you know they're okay but they, they could be growing faster uh, as opposed to now that we, you know, we took us time to build uh, an engine around some stuff. Uh, we see the benefit. The, the risk probably is when you're early stage, but it, these days I think it's changed quite a bit. Um, I speak to many companies early, early stage that they are already thinking about it and uh, they're already uh, committed to it. It's often me that is telling them maybe guys it's a bit too early <laughs> to, to really invest in a lot of content and SEO just because you don't even have a product, right? And maybe it isn't the fastest way to validate that within the next six months. Uh, but then I see that there's quite a bit of a change, which is positive in the sense that uh, um, like people are already thinking about building teams. Is less of a, when I first joined Wise, my first uh, day in the office, I wasn't yet an employee. I was going to start after two weeks, and uh, and my previous lead asked me to go on the team call and explain what SEO is. Like yeah, I was, I felt like some kind of magician. I was like, "Hey, I'm coming to the sign." And then there were people that were like, "Ah, oh, but I'm skeptical about this. I don't know if it's." I mean, like it was. We were at the stage where 
some people in the business uh, didn't treat it so seriously, right? <laughs> Even though back in time, already many companies, right, doing doing SEO, it was you know, it was a job, right? <laughs> so I think uh, we did we did early stage companies. I, I hope that uh, you know there is more investment early. The challenge, though, like on investing early, is is uh, the 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 appetite for growth that you have when you are you are you're getting started, as opposed to uh, you know the speed at which uh, SEO uh, growth uh, materialize, right? Uh, um, and that's where again is a very hard balance between you know having to validate that you have a good product uh, uh, and and to, and to be able to prove that effectively pretty quickly, and then at the same time putting X amount of resources that will not give you anything this month, but uh, but we give you, you know, way better results in the next six, 18, uh, 18 months, and uh, depending on what's going on. I think, but uh, in terms of like future and changes, I see that, uh, yeah, more people are becoming mindful about it when I, when I chat to them, and uh, I think it's good. Um, you know, then, you know, there's still the R part of uh, things like hiring the first SEO, right? We have spoke to quite a few companies and literally, the only thing that I did with them is to help them vet that the first SEO is a real SEO, not just someone that uh, <laughs> comes there and, and uh, you know try to try to mumble something around it. Right. So I think there are still these very hard challenges, and uh, you have to convince someone you know experienced and senior and relatively um, you know in demand in the market to come to work in your company with no resources, with no teams, and, you know. Uh, but, but regardless of this change, I think it's going to stay there forever. There are more people that are even thinking about it very early, and uh, I think it's cool. And uh, you know, there's more like, uh, and, and I hope that you know, uh, in our case, we are uh, quite religious about investing all in house, you know, the team in treating this thing very seriously. I hope that uh, yeah, the company like us give them an example of like uh, yeah, of you can treat this seriously, right, and you can. You can invest in it either early days with, with a fully announced team or at some point uh, working with agencies as well, because you know, depending on where you are, it's best to find the right setup. Uh, but, you know, I hope that, uh, yeah, more people, I can see more people are treating this investment seriously early, early on, um, and which is good. Um, yeah. I hope as well. I hope as well. Well, that was extremely insightful. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. This may be you know, one of the best episodes that we have done. Um, the last question that I have for you, the, the call to action for our uh, listeners, where can people find out more about you and uh, get in touch if, they, if they'd like to? Um, mostly on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, on LinkedIn, just, just my name. And uh, on Twitter is my video game nick nickname, P-E-C-H-N-E-T. But if you just Google my name, I think you can, you can find me. Uh, okay, we will um, drop those in the show notes so that people can, uh, can click yeah, on them uh, and reach out uh, right, right away. Well, Fabrizio, thank you very much for this. It was really, really insightful. And looking forward to uh, part B, uh, where you will have to share even more exciting things about how you do things at Wise. <laughs> okay, we'll try. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me here. Thank you. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHS. AHRS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, 
you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS 